Well, this is a very special podcast episode because it's an interview with Jan Richmond, the widow of Grain Richmond, who was an outstanding servant and official with the club um, in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And um, you'll hear from this interview that Jan is very passionate about keeping the memory of Graham alive. Uh, a reminder too, just before um, you we hear this interview, um, if you are listening through iTunes or Spotify or one of your other apps, um, if there's an opportunity to leave feedback or give it a rating or some stars, um, please do. Every little bit helps. Here's the interview with Jan Richmond. Jan, thanks for your time. Thanks, Rhett. Yes. My first, I guess my first question is, where did you and Graham meet? Well, we met in 1965 in Melbourne. Right. And my parents were friendly with Merlin Bill Wilson. Now, Bill Wilson was a Richmond player who finished his career playing in Adelaide. And they lived next door to my parents. Um, and um, He was a very I good player. Came, yes, he was. Yeah. He was a rover to Roy Wright. That's, um, that was his uh, role at the club. Yeah. And... Um, he was, uh, so I went to stay with Merlin Bill for a holiday and Bill picked me up from the airport and said, I haven't got time to take you home. I'm having lunch with Graham Richmond. Well, I'd never heard of him <laughs> and you'll have to come along because I haven't got time to take you home. Right. So I said, okay. And apparently Graham wanted Bill to come onto the committee because Graham was yeah. uh, secretary at that time. Right. And he was trying to get good people around him yeah. uh, to, you know, to move the club forward. And uh, that's how we met. So we met having that lunch and then subsequently, um, you know, we sort of got together, I guess. Yes. Am I right to say, did, did Billy Wilson pass away overseas? He did. Quite, yes, he quite did. It was abruptly? Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, and look, we don't really know what happened to him. Yeah. Um, it was said that he had a heart attack mm. um, in his hotel room, but uh, yeah. because nobody went over there to to see, yeah. uh, you know, to f and things were different then. It was difficult and of all course. of that. It yeah. was a terrible shock because he was in his 40s. Yeah, and I, I mean, speaking to Dad... He, he said he was he was a very fit man too. Yes, he was. Um, and but was, I do remember yeah. seeing him at Footscray one day at a game, and he looked very uh, unwell in the face, like his colour right. wasn't good. Yeah. And I re and I do remember seeing him then and thinking, "Gee, you don't look well." Yeah, so sure. it could have been that, but he hadn't had a history of heart no. disease. But as I said, things were different then, yeah. and mm. you know people didn't get checked up on no. those sorts of things yet. Were you, were you born in Melbourne yourself? I was born in Adelaide, right. yes. Okay. So my, yeah, so my parents lived there and that's where I was brought up. Uh, Graham was born in 1934 um, and his father was a farmer and he was born in Geelong. His father was a Geelong supporter yes. and Graham wrote to Jack Dyer when he was a little boy and Jack Dyer wrote back. Did he really? Yes. He, and, he doesn't still have the, uh, the, the let. <laughs> did he ever keep all these letters? Well, his auntie did, and oh, I've got oh. a suitcase full of stuff in my shed, oh. and I bet it's in there. <laughs> Goodness, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll have to look. Well, anyway, um, 
So Jack Dye wrote back, and because of his name, he decided to follow Richmond, even though he didn't move to Melbourne until he was 18 or something. So that would so probably be... Down there. Yeah, would that be where he met, met Ian Wilson then? Yes, they went to school together at Geelong Grammar. Well, that's a friendship that lasted many years then. Yeah, and they were nine when they met. Were they? Mm. <laughs> mm. And Graham was, um, you know, he he was in the first 18 and, uh, and the first 11 cricket at school and, uh, like, he was a very good sportsman himself. Mm. So, mm. so you're in Adelaide, so who did you barrack for, football-wise? Uh, we barracked for the Tigers, actually, but we the first uh, experience I had about going to the football was going with with Merlin Bill Wilson because he finished his playing career there you see yes that's right so that's when I first went to the football and then of course as soon as someone takes you and all of that that's who you barrack for isn't it so it was a very easy transition to barrack for Richmond here when I moved to Melbourne which was in the middle of 1965. So, sorry, did they take you to, sorry, to Richmond Games, you're saying? No, they took me... When you say the Tigers. The, yeah, the Tigers in Adelaide. Oh, right, the Adelaide team. And then, yes, right. and then when I came carried to over. Melbourne, yeah, I carried over. So, yeah. where did Graham and yourself live in, when in Melbourne? Well, we didn't actually live together until for another about 15 years. Wow, okay, yeah. Um, uh, Graham was a bachelor. <laughs> he was he was secretary of the football club, which took up all his time. Yeah. Because in those days there was no zoning, no. so he was always in the car off somewhere. I was going to ask about that. Yes. He, he just, mm. he didn't stop, did he? He didn't stop. He was an absolute workaholic. Oh. And his goal was to get everybody around him, um, both uh, on the field and off, to win a premiership. That was his goal. I, I spoke to Francis Burke and he said, he, he told me that uh, my, his father and Graeme Richmond are two of the most gifted people I've ever met, he told me. Yes. He said, Graeme had a very good sense of humour, but it was a different sense of humour. Graeme was very yes. political and very gifted politically. He was yes, also he was. very ambitious and very relentless, and he was a no-stone-unturned person. That would, be, that would be absolutely right. Goodness. Yes. Where did he... Was his, was his father that kind of person, ambitious person, do we know? His father was a completely different nature, although he was that way too. Right. But he was... Um, I suppose because he was everybody mellows when they're older, <laughs> and he was a lovely man, Graham's father. Yeah. But he he had gone off to war, and Graham was brought up really by his auntie and his grandmother because his mother had passed away. Right. Um, and um, yeah, so mm. Graham didn't have his father for about seven years when he was little. You know, right. I suppose when he was. Eight or ten, his father went off. Well, that's quite an important time, isn't it? To oh, yeah, absolutely. Not have your father. And not knowing and, if father's um, going to return either. Yes, and see, my kids had the same experience because Graham died when they were quite young too. Uh, if if we fast forward a moment, Graham passed away in ninety one. Yes, so James was twelve. I I 
I remember meeting him once. Did uh, you? Yes. Da- Dad introduced me, so it must have been when my father was coach, which was from 88 yes. onwards. And yes, he introduced right. me, and obviously I was very young. But I, yes. the thing that stuck in my mind was that Graham's surname was the same name as the club. Yeah. And I found that and to Graham be... And Graham used to have great conversations about football to your mum. Oh, right. <laughs> they often used to talk on the phone about the footy. Really? Yeah, it was quite it was quite amazing. And she was the uh, the only woman, really, that Graham spoke about the football in the sense of the of the game and yeah, the play. Right. She was the only person that he spoke right. to about oh. that. He didn't speak to me about it. I didn't know the first thing about who should play where, <laughs> but it, but Denise did. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. Probably she she knew where Kevin should be. be all the time. <laughs> yeah, not not half forward is probably what she wanted. Yeah, she wanted yeah. wanted him in the goals or on on the ball, I guess. Did, yeah, did, well, did, that's what he was good at, of course. So, yeah. did did. Did you and Graham discuss football much? Was no. That, that wasn't no. part of... No, no, we talked, we, of course we talked about it and I was involved in in um, all sorts of things associated with it. Like yeah. I used to go every week and take the kids to Berry Street like you probably oh, went to. Oh, I did too, yes. Yes. The Berry Street crash, uh, yes. That's right, all of that. And, um, I was probably there with you too. Okay, right. Okay. Probably. <laughs> I got asked. I got asked on that. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably there with Jane. I would and so. actually, Carrie Burke started that. Yes, she did, didn't she? She did. And they still. She said to Graham. She said to Graham. Now we've got all these kids because there was a real um, explosion of children of players in those years. <laughs> yep. And. So Kerry marched up to Graham, you know, because she was not backward and coming forward, and said, we've got to do something about all these kids. Well, Graham would really rather have us all stayed home and got the dinner ready for when the boys came home. That's what he would rather us do, because that's the, you know, he was a dinosaur, really. <laughs> he was. Yeah. And um, he was like Tommy in that way. Yeah. Same era, you see. And, and... um so Kerry said, no, we've got to have somewhere, because we're all going to come to the football, so we've got to have somewhere to leave our children. So that's, that's how it was organised. I don't know exactly who organised it. Right. Uh, the kids that went to Berry Street, but... Um, and it's still going, I think, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if it's a crash. No, I don't oh, know. Oh, it may not be, right. No. Now, now was Graham... Graham owned a few pubs, would that be right? Um, or he, or he, he was involved? The, he, leased, he leased them. Right, Yes, okay. yes, he did. He did. Was started he... Started off with the Vaucluse. Sorry, started off yeah. with the Vaucluse. Yeah. Oh, the Vaucluse. I think everyone had the Vaucluse at one point. I'm sure you went there. <laughs> I think I did. Was... Yeah. Was Graeme... I mean, you've got Tommy Havey, who's a tea drinker. You've got Graeme, who's leasing a pub. So was Graeme a tea drinker and also a bit of a beer drinker? He didn't drink. At all? Wow. No, he didn't drink. But he leased a pub? Yes. <laughs> no, see, Graham was a fitness uh, fanatic. Right. And that's why it was so ironic that he ended up with cancer because, um, especially bowel cancer, because he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he was very fit, he ate health foods before anybody knew about health foods. Oh. Um, I can remember... Maureen Hafey telling me mm. that 
he ate things that like wheat germ and mashed bananas and all that oh. sort of stuff for breakfast, like before it was heard of. I was wondering when, when he found the time to actually do his fitness. Well, he exercised every morning right. on the bedroom floor, <laughs> and um, he did push-ups, sit-ups, all of that, the same as Tom, Tommy did, and he used to have the kids on his back. <laughs> oh, did he, while doing the push-ups? Mm. See, he was... Uh, I've got photos of him, and he was like a bodybuilder. He was <laughs> that, you know, really muscle-bound and... Right. And, yeah, that's the sort of body that he had. Yeah. And he died with a body like that, actually. Yeah. He didn't ever waste away. Well, Tommy and him would have got on great then, from a fitness point Tommy, of view as well. Tommy and Tommy and Graham were very close. Uh, mm. Despite things that have been said and things that have been written, Right, they were very, very good friends. And Graham got Tommy to Richmond. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, from, from Shepparton? Yes. Hmm. He w I think he went, he went up to see him, didn't he? Or yeah, oh yes, he did. Yes, mm. he did. Um, see, when when I when I w uh, first uh, was going to the football with uh, him, yeah. um, Len Smith was the coach, and I remember oh, right. Len Smith getting very sick and us going to the hospital to see him. Mm. And Graham then went up to Shepparton. Yeah. Um, and talked to Tommy and Maureen because he knew them because they lived in Richmond and they had the milk bar in Bridge Road. They did too. And Paddy used to go there all the time and so did Graham's. Was... They were all really good mates, Ray Jordan and and Graham and Tommy and Paddy um, and uh, who else was there? Ronnie Brandt and those, those sort of people, you know. Um... And... Well, there was, Sorry, there, was a, there was a great collection of people around the club at that stage, wasn't there? Yes, there was. I mean, Slug, yeah, I, was. I spoke to Slug Jordan before he passed, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 was really he spoke really lovely of um, Graham Richmond. He told me he said uh, we we used to go around to areas that weren't even touched, like Eltham. He said we'd, right. we'd walk in the dark in the winter, and Graham would go in and he would. He would suss out who was in charge of the family, the mother or the father, and he'll do his spiel about lovely chrysanthemums. That's right. And he, see, Graham, I suppose because of the way he was brought up in an old-fashioned way, he had very, very good manners. And that struck a chord with people's parents. Right. And, you know, he used to... Yeah. He, he just knew what to say to parents to get them to let their kids come to Richmond, come to the city, yeah. be boarded out in somebody's house, yeah. and, be, and, and then he would promise them that he'd look after them. And he, you know, he had his own house, mm -hmm. and he had players living there with him. And then you spoke just before about Len Smith, because I think Len had a heart attack, did he not? And I don't think he coached again after that. What was what was Graham like as an orator, as a speaker? Oh, he was wonderful. Yeah, mm. yeah he was. Did he, he was. did he read up a lot on things, or was it just a natural... He, he, he was very well read, yeah. but he was like your dad. He never had to make notes or anything else. Right. And, you know, if, if he'd have lived, he could have had a very lucrative career at public speaking. Right, yeah, after, yeah. Yeah, and it would never have surprised me if he'd gone into politics. Right. 
Mm. How did how did uh, he he was? I won't keep you for too long. He was. No, that's all right. I'm enjoying talking about <laughs> that's it. That's very good. He was. Mm. I read things like he was ruthless. You know, he yes, had tremendous well, work you know, ethic. That, yeah, that always grates on me a bit. Um, I suppose it was he might have appeared as ruthless if you were on the end of it. Yeah. But actually, Francis said this once. Graham had great powers of persuasion and he never did anything uh, when he was on the committee without talking it over with other people. Now, if he was able to persuade them to his way of thinking, well, fine. Yeah. And he could. Mm. That's what he could do. Mm. And people like Ron Carson and Ian and, and the whole lot of other, Les Flintoff and the people that were on the committee at the time, mm. they agreed with him. But Graham was the one who had to deliver the message. And, and he never shied away from it. Everything he did was he felt in the club's best interest yeah. that's what he was when he was secretary that's what he was paid to do but later on he was never paid for anything he never took any money for anything yeah. and everything he did was on a voluntary basis and that was right up until uh, the until yeah the end right up until the end i've got a letter actually when he was appointed secretary that his salary was five pounds a week. As Secretary of Richmond? Yes. And he was, he answered the phone, he yeah. wrote the letters, he paid everybody. That was his job. He did everything himself. Unlocked the door, locked the door. Gee. All for, the, just, all for that small amount of money? Yes. Well, I suppose it was relative, but it was <laughs> still true. very poor money. Richmond didn't <laughs> have any money. <laughs> I think they got paid thirty dollars a game or something like that, you know, yeah. which is nothing. Mm. Um, it, mm. He was so determined. So, did he? What's the right terminology? Did he ruffle people up the wrong way sometimes? I suppose he did. If, as I said, if you were on the end of it, like when it came time for players to move on, of course they'd be angry. Yeah. They'd be upset. Yeah. Um, and he didn't put up with anyone being a naughty boy, as he used to say. He used to say, if you're going to be a naughty boy, you can go and be a naughty boy somewhere else, but not at Richmond. Did, did, that, did any of that affect your relationship with any players or wives as well over time? Oh, well, when it came time to, for coaches to move on, Rhett... Which happened a lot at Richmond, yes. Oh. <laughs> Julia Wilson and I used to hide in her kitchen. There was an event on the Sunday called Choppo. We called it Choppo Sunday, Julia and I. It used to be, it was after the grand final. Right. It was the Sunday after the grand final. And they'd go through all the players. All the committee would meet at Ian and Julia's house in Armadale. Right. And they'd go through all the players and decide who was going and who what, who'd performed, who hadn't, who had to go, oh. who they'd get, including the coaching staff and everybody else, from boot studders to you name it. And she and I were always in fear and trepidation about who would be going because um, 
their wives were our friends, you know? Yeah. Oh, I can it imagine. Was just, it was horrible. It was horrible. And, and I mean, Graham didn't like it either. You know, at the end of his life, Rhett, he said, the, my biggest regret is the friends that I've probably lost over football. And I thought, how sad that is. Mm. You know, that he, he, that he felt that way, that people, you know, somebody went to the club once, mm. I think it was with Francis, and somebody said, oh, Graham Richmond ruined the club. I was so hurt over that, horrified yeah. that anyone would say that, because he did, his, he gave his blood mm. for the bloody club. Mm. You know, he did. And, and I don't know if a lot of people think uh, of the families as well uh, at, right. at the time. Yeah. Like, I know, yes. you know when, when coaches are sacked and, and that sort of thing or people are told oh, to move on. Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. And it does affect... It really does affect um, their family. You know, like, Maureen and I decided when Tommy went... Yeah. Maureen and I decided that we would never let that interfere with our friendship. And, you know, we never have. Oh, that's great. We never have. And we said that because, you know, there was so much written in the press about Graham and Tommy, mm. you know, sworn enemies and all that. That was bullshit. That wasn't right. Mm. You know, I'm sure Tommy was upset and cross and everything because Graham didn't support him in the end. Mm. Um, but it wasn't right that they were enemies. And, you know, when Graham... The night, the, the day Graham died in September 1991, Tommy was the last person to see him, and they were holding hands. Hmm. Were they? Gosh. And that is absolutely that true. Maureen and Tommy came in. Maureen rang me, and she said, "I have to see. We have to see Graham." Yeah. And they came in, sat by his bed, and they were holding each other's hand. Was the saddest thing. Mm. Was there? But that, of course, that sort of thing, you know, doesn't get written up. They like to talk about, you shit, know, yeah. all the other shit. Was there many people who came to see him at the end of his yes. life, Jam? Yes. I, I think my, I think my father might have. I could be wrong there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think so. Because I know, I yes, know, they, they sometimes had disagreements as well. But uh, yes, I'm just wondering. Did. Yes. I, look, I'm not sure about that last week because he was only in hospital that last week. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Can I and ask? I had three, three little kids. Was it known that he wasn't in good health to those at the club and oh, all yeah. his colleagues? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He made no secret of it that he had cancer. Okay. In fact, you know there are um, uh, film of it and every you know saying right, him okay. saying that you know that he that he was he yeah. had he hadn't had a good diagnosis you know yeah. mm. um, but he lasted for six years mm. did he yep he just wouldn't lie down <laughs> <laughs> do you find he was the bravest person I can tell you in what because he well, just kept going you mean yes he he went to work right up until a week before he died. He went to the football. He was um, on the selection committee at the Vicks with Ted Whitten. Oh, he was too, yes. Yeah. He went to all the interstate games that, 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 that were played. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he went to Richmond every week, of course, and he worked at the pub, and they had a pub with a 24-hour licence, if you don't mind, so there was discos and... Oh, it was a nightmare, honestly. I'm surprised you even managed to see him, Jan. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was probably right. <laughs> Some days you'd be like, well, I haven't seen yes. him for a, for a while. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's that's how our life was, really. I mean, it was it was hard, yeah. After he passed away, did how did it change for you going to the football? Did you go to the football with your family still, or was it a was it an uh, an absence in your life that sort of. Uh, well, I still had my core group of friends like Julia and Maureen and, yeah. and others. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, I did go. I, yes, I did go. Um, okay. And then I sort of. I spoke. Well, kids were playing sport, you know, so you. That by then I was a single parent, you know, I had to do all the driving of James was heavily into basketball and mm. and Angela was doing her sport and, and um you know, so that's how my life we also had a house at Lawn so I used to go down there quite a lot with the children. Right. So I suppose there was a bit of an absent an absence, but I really never lost my friends and my connection with with the club, you know. Mm. Mm. Do you they did forget about me for a while, but um, uh, then uh, Bill Meeklin was uh, good enough to put all that to rights, that Graham was a life member, of course, and so that was sort of... They, you know, sent me the the tickets and all yeah, that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, but that's only happened in the last couple of years. Jan, do your kids ask much about... Graham and what he was like? Oh, yes. they. I have never let him die in their mind, you know. They, um, yeah, we, we we talk about him and, of course, the boys go to the football every week. <laughs> I'm hoping and they're Richmond doesn't. supporters. I'm hoping they're Richmond supporters. Oh, they are, <laughs> yeah, certainly are. Yeah, James absolutely loves it. When, uh, when I see you again and the boys are with me, I'll certainly introduce them to you. Yeah. No, they really love the footy, and yeah, we all do. And and if I go to a Richmond function, I usually take one of them, you know, with me. And I, I must say, I do see the club has the, the club keeps recognising and referencing Graham. Um, I think. Yeah, but you know, I was a bit disappointed the other night that he wasn't mentioned very much, you know, mm. because he was such a part of getting all those boys together. I mm. mean. Uh, after the function, Johnny Northey came up to me and he said, look, I feel so sorry that nobody mentioned, talked about Graham's role in all this because none of us would be here if it wasn't for him. Mm. You know, he signed everybody up, you know, and I went with him a lot of times. Did you All really? that driving around. Yeah, I went off. <laughs> I went down to Tassie with him to get Michael Roach and... We used to go go and talk to Royce as much as you could ever talk to him. Now, we, hold on, we have to talk about Michael Roach for a second. You went with Graham to, to sign Michael Roach? Yep. Now, did, did you, did you um, join these journeys, you know, just because you wanted to spend time with Graham and, and that sort of thing, or was... Well, was I suppose that, it was company in the car. Yeah. But this this was a trip to Tassie, so we flew over there, and then we got a car, and then we drove to Longford, where his parents lived. 
and we sat down, had a cup of tea, and Graham did all the talking, and I can't even remember how the talking went or <laughs> or anything, but I remember being there. I was probably talking to his mother, you know. And I did that a few times when we went to see Barry Richardson, and, of course... Um, uh, John Perry is married to my sister and so you know the Perrys and the Strangs you know all that side of things yes, yes, don't you? all that connection yes yeah well um, I used to go up and stay with the Perrys you know at their pub in my holidays oh wow mm. you, 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 we should put you down as a recruiter as well Jan in the, in the annual report we might just put Jan and, next to yeah, Graham and Harry Jenkins Oh, Harry right, Jenkins. yes. You know about Harry Jenkins. Well, he was a recruiter as well, was he not? He was a Tassie spotter, really. Right. okay. But he he was a terrific bloke, Harry. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> Stories about Harry that... and Alan Swab. Oh, my well, God. Well, can we, can, we, can we just talk briefly about Alan Swab? Did Graham and Alan get on well? Yes, Graham got Alan to Richmond. Right. Well, that was a smart move. Alan, yeah, Alan was... Assistant Secretary at St Kilda. Mm-hmm. That's that's when I first met Alan and yep. Annette at a secretary's dinner at the Australia Hotel. <laughs> really? <laughs> Gee, you've got a good memory, Jan. <laughs> yes, that's where I met Alan and Annette, and um, he was just a boy, you know. Yeah. And and actually, I lived with Annette's mother. Right. I, which was an absolute coincidence. Right. Um, and um, so we had that sort of connection as well. Uh, but Graham really liked Alan. He felt that he that he his in in Graham's succession planning, I suppose, he wanted somebody to carry on with the same sort of views about things that he did. Because uh, Graham wanted to move into hotels right. after a couple of years, and also he was bloody worn out with all this driving. He ran into a herd of cows one night. Anyway, he <laughs> were, did. You, were you there? No, thank God. No. What dri- driving? He, he drove into a herd yeah, of cows. Yeah, crashed into them. Yeah, crashed into them. Killed one. Um, he he was lucky he didn't get hurt himself. He sounds like no, he just. It sounds like in those he, days. It sounds like he just didn't stop, Jan. He just well, he could not. have gone to sleep. He yeah. could have. Got, he was exhausted all the time. Goodness, he gave a hundred percent all the time to the club, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Gosh, mm. he loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think at the same time that he was there, there was also Ray Dunn. Ray Dunn was the president. What was that yeah. relationship like? Do you remember? Well, it was all right at the start. Yeah. In the end, they had a falling out. I don't exactly know what over, but I think Ray was jealous of Graham's up-and-coming role in things. And you said before you, just quickly, you you went to down to Tassie to see Royce Hart. Now, famously, Graham signed Royce Hart for six... Yes, I didn't go that time. Six white shirts and a grey suit. (laughs) Yes, well, so I'm... Yes. You well, weren't that's there. How the story goes, no, I wasn't there then. But I was definitely there when Michael Roach, when we went to see Michael Roach's parents. I don't know if that was when he was signed up. Right. But this might have, it might have taken a couple of trips. 
every uh, I, I went once. I remember yeah. going once. Jan, every person I've spoken to, when they've started talking about Graham Richmond, they ultimately go into a vocal impersonation of him. Yes. <laughs> so many people do. You've noticed, you've noticed that too, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. But also, some people have taken it on sort of permanently. Oh. Like, <laughs> Sheedy does it. Francis does it. <laughs> it's really weird. Yes, it is. And he did have a, a, a very unusual way of speaking. And Graham would, Graham would say a phrase like, now listen, Coco. Yeah, that's right. That's a very. He didn't say it. He didn't say it as much as people right. say he said it. But okay. He did say it. Because yeah. Coco is a very oh, Aussie qu- colloquial type phrase, yeah, isn't it? It's, and it's quite an old-fashioned yes. wartime term, I suppose. Like yes. you've got to remember, Graham was brought up in the country. Right. Mm. You know, he was a farmer's son. He used to pick peas and dig potatoes and all that sort of thing with his father. And then look where he became. Goodness. That's right. Mm. He was the mastermind of the premiership. Well, he was. He was. I mean, he he, he definitely had a plan. Yeah. The type of players that, that were needed to, to be sought out. Mm. And he had people all over the place uh, looking, you know, for that for six-foot yeah. players who could run and jump and, and all of that sort of thing, which was... Un- unheard of, really. Yeah. A change, and and see, Tommy and Graham just worked so well together. Mm. Um, in that, that's what Tommy wanted. Well, that's what Tommy was coaching already up there in Shepparton. That's right. That's why he was successful up there. Yeah, exactly right. But Graham was the master recruiter, and you know, he w- he would do like he. I was talking to Dickie Clay the other night, and he said. You know, because he was signed to North Melbourne. Did you know that story? He was. I think. And did Graham poach him? Graham poached him. There was a rule called the the Court of Law or something, mm. where there was some sort of form that the people signed, and they it was like a promise. Right. Yeah. And Graham thought, "Oh, bugger that! You know, we'll just <laughs> hide him until that runs out." and get his assurance that he's going to sign up with Richmond. Well, of course, poor old Dick was only a kid. You know. Yeah. He, he had no front teeth when I met him, Dick Clay. <laughs> and, and, and they snatched him from North Melbourne, like in the dead of night, they basically, sna- at the yeah, end. snatched him and, and hid him at our, our house, um, at, at Graham's house in Barker's Road. That was a famous house. Really? 90 Barker's Road, yeah. They hit, he, he, he stayed there just while it all sort of yeah. went over? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the things that they would do back then, Jan. Yeah, absolutely. To sign absolutely. people. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Look, I, I, should, I should leave you go. But can I, just, can I just say thank you for having the conversation? Um, oh look, I'm very, I'm very happy because it was to a delight. talk to talk about it to you. <laughs> I think it's, and I'm happy to talk of any time. Yeah. 